0: hey guys this is gabby thanks for tuning in so today i wanted to talk with you all about standing firm in faith so there have been many times where i have doubted god's word you know and when we talk about standing firm in faith it's important that we stand firm in what god has spoken in his promises because today what i want to talk to you guys about and go through scriptures is the reality that whenever god's word is spoken right whatever promise he has spoken there is always going to be the enemy's word of a lie that tries to bring doubt into what God is speaking, right? And so in those moments when God is speaking a truth and the enemy's lies are coming to bring doubt, we have to stand firm in faith, right? And what God has spoken. I can't think of a moment where God has spoken a promise and that there has never been a time where doubt has come in. I can't remember any time. You know, when I look back into my life, every time where God has spoken a promise, there's always the enemy's lies trying to speak doubt into what God has spoken to me. For example, even, you know, with Michael, my husband, God has brought so many confirmations that he's my husband, but there were also times where the enemy would put lies in my thoughts to doubt what God's spoken, to doubt God's confirmations, right? I mean, praise God I'm married to Michael because I really wouldn't be where I am today if I had not married Michael, right? Like if I had stayed in the wrong relationships that God did not call me to be in, I really wouldn't be where I am now. And I wanted to do a quick plug-in actually to my Single But In A Relationship With God book. For those of you guys who are single and are struggling in this area of obeying God's word, right, letting go of the wrong relationships, or letting go of maybe there's someone in your life where you're not officially dating but you know they're not the right one and you have that temptation to pursue them, Like I really encourage you to get the book because in the book, I talk about how nothing is worth replacing our relationship with God. And when we choose lesser lovers, when we choose to disobey God, when we choose to, you know, break his heart, basically, we're basically saying, I don't want a relationship with you, God, but I want to seek something else. And it's so important that we don't give in to the lies of the enemy. So if you guys are interested in buying the book, it's available on Amazon and books, you know, worldwide as well. But you know, not just you know, with my marriage with Michael but just through any season in my life where God's given a promise there's always a doubt and we see that in the scriptures too and we're gonna get into that in a bit um but even recently you know the Lord last year had called me to Jesus school and I remember I doubted it so much I was like Lord like I know you've confirmed it but it doesn't make sense right it just didn't make sense to my mind and praise God you know I did Jesus school year one and now I can see why God called me there. And you know, maybe as years go by on, I'll understand more why God called me in a season. And so understand when we're talking about standing firm in faith, we can't use logic. That's why in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Right, In order for us to stand firm in faith, we have to trust God with all our heart. I feel like many times we trust him like 60% of the time. Like, If you want to trust God and actually stand firm in the midst of trials and to walk in obedience, you're going to have to trust him with all your heart. That means if there's even a little bit of doubt, even if there's like 2% of doubt in your heart, that has to leave. Right? We want to trust him with all our heart. It doesn't mean like, because I feel like sometimes we think like, well, I still have fear. You may still have fear, but you can still choose to trust God. Right you can still say God I'm afraid God I feel so uncomfortable God this makes no sense but I still choose to trust in you. Right and when we trust God with all our heart and we lean not on our own understanding which shows you that to trust God means we can't lean on our understanding. That's very important as well. You know when God was speaking to me about Jesus school it didn't make sense. Right or the other things in my life like the lies of the enemy he tries to use our logic. He tries to he knows our fears. So he'll use our fears to entice us to disobey God. But in those moments, we need to trust God. We need to trust in the confirmations he's given. We need to trust in his word, what he says to abide. And if we're doing anything that goes against God's rule, guys, that's easy for you to know that's not God's way, right? That's the enemy's way. And he's using lies to deceive you. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Or some translations say, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. So as long as we acknowledge God, He will always make our path straight. He will make a way. He will confirm it to us. He will always lead us and guide us. So I share all of this to go back to my main point. Standing firm in faith will require you to trust God, even in the midst of lies that the enemy will throw at you, because He will throw lies at you. And we have to remember as well, I feel like many times when we think about the lies of the enemy, we take it easy. But we have to understand that the enemy's agenda is always to kill steal, and destroy us, right? John ten ten, Jesus says, I have come to give you life to the fullest, but the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So understand when the enemy puts lies in your minds, he is trying to lead you to a place to devour you, to destroy your life. And so when you get the lies of the enemy, let's not tolerate it. Let's not even give a second to think about it because we already know the enemy schemes, right? We have to be quick, right? What scripture says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, which means if there's any thought that goes against the knowledge of God, we take it down by the word of God. We make it obedient to God's truth, right? Submitting it to Jesus's feet is submitting it by God's word. And Ephesians six, I love it. I really want to talk upon this because when we talk about standing firm in faith, we have to have the armor of God, right? Without the armor of God, it's like we're trying to go to war, but we don't have our equipment. If you try to go to war without your shield, right? Without your equipment, you are going to get hit and you're gonna fall. And so every day we are called to put on the armor of God because going back to 1 Peter 5 it doesn't say once a year the enemy prowls around, right? It says, be alert, be sober-minded. It doesn't even tell you when, which means we should always be alert. We should always be sober-minded. So going to Ephesians 6, 11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And so here in this passage, we already can see that God is telling us put on the full armor of God so that we can stand against the enemy's schemes. I just love restating the word of God because I feel like sometimes when we first read it, it's like, okay, but the second time we get it, right? We need the armor of God in order to stand firm right like god will fight our battles but we're called to stand firm in what god has called us to do right many times i feel like we think that we're we're called to fight the battles but no like that's god's job but we have to stand firm and to stand firm we need the armor of god so i'm going to read on verses 10 through 17 says finally be strong in the lord and his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes so going back again to what i was mentioning before the devil has schemes and his schemes are meant to harm us, right? And so, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that on the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand, right? So here we can already see that God is calling us just to stand firm, right? Stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted on the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god so this is so important guys like everything here that i'm telling you we need to put on right the belt of truth to have the truth buckled around us even though the enemy may put lies we are still standing firm in the truth of god putting on the breastplate of righteousness, choosing to live a righteous life despite what comes, right? We need to guard our heart with righteousness because our heart, like the enemy will try to impure our heart because when our heart is impure, everything we do flows from our heart. So the things that we will do will not be according to God's ways. And so we need to guard our heart. We need to put on the breastplate of righteousness every day. Take up the shield of faith. This is really important. I remember during my time when I was dating Michael, the enemy was putting lies, you know, like, cause you know, there was, you no know, one's perfect. So there was things that Michael was doing that wasn't perfect and it was hurting me. And the enemy would use those little things to be like, are you sure he's the one? Why don't you go back? And, you know, bringing thoughts and memories of my past. But in that moment, I remember the Lord reminded me of Ephesians six of specifically take up the shield of faith right? It says here, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The enemy was trying to throw in my heart darts of lies and doubts, but that's when I had to put the shield of faith. And what is the shield of faith? What God has spoken, right? Faith is rooted in what God has spoken. So I had to say, enemy, I am not going to believe what you said, because this is what God said. So putting on the shield of faith is basically saying, enemy, this is what God said and this is what it is, right? Use what God has spoken to guard your heart. Use what God has spoken to overcome the doubts that the enemy puts. Because when we start making faith our shield, we will stand firm in what God has spoken. So now I wanna actually read into a little bit of Jeremiah 42 and 43. But this passage is such a great example that whenever God speaks a promise or a word, the enemy will always try to come in with fear and doubt. Right, The enemy will always have his say and we have God's say, but let's choose to be people that will choose what God says and not what the enemy is saying, right? Let's not give in to fears, but choose faith. So in Jeremiah 42, just to give you guys context, um, the Israelites, unfortunately, they disobeyed God, right? They, they fell into sin. And so God gave them into the hands of Babylon. And he did this because he knew that this would allow the people to repent and turn back to God. And God was already clear that out of his mercy and compassion, he was not going to let his people be destroyed. But that even though they are bounded under Babylon, they would still thrive and survive. So, you know, God used Jeremiah to speak into the people God's truth. However, the people already in their minds are thinking, no, Babylon's going to kill us. We're going to die by the famine, by the sword. And so they were thinking about going back to Egypt, right? Think about this. Egypt is the place where God rescued them. God took them from that place, right? God led them to their promised land. But unfortunately, the Israelites just went in this constant repetition of disobedience, but they wanted to go back. And, you know, the Lord already made it clear. If you go back, you're going to die, and so the, you know, the, the people of, of the Israelites, they had that fear. And because they had that fear, it was propelling them to choose the enemy's way, right? And so we have to make sure that we don't do anything out of fear because God never operates from fear. God even says in a scripture, in 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So that means that whenever we are making a decision, if we're operating out of fear, that means we're operating out of a lie that the enemy has put right in our thoughts. But here I'm going to read in Jeremiah 42 verses 10 to 17. So God says, if you stay in this land, basically where um, they would be under Babylon, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you, for I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord. So God is ready, acknowledging their fear, but saying, do not be afraid, for I am with you and will save you and deliver you from his hands. I will show you compassion so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your land. However, if you say we will not stay in this land and so disobey the Lord your God, and if you say no, we will go and live in Egypt where we will not see war or hear the trumpet or be hungry for bread, then hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. So Jeremiah is speaking what God says. The God of Israel says, if you are determined to go to Egypt and you do go to settle there, then the sword will, then the sword you fear will overtake you and the famine you dread will follow you to Egypt and there you will die. Indeed, all who are determined to go to Egypt to settle there will die by the sword, Fam- famine and plague. Not one of them will survive or escape the disaster I will bring on them. And so the enemy knows their fear and God knows their fear, but God already dressed them. The thing that you're very afraid of will get on you if you choose to disobey me. So that's also a key principle, guys. Whenever we're like debating what to do, understand the very thing that you choose, the sin that you choose to do, the fears that you're actually afraid of will actually happen to you because you're choosing not God's way, right? The enemy is not God. He's not here to protect you, right? But God is our protector. He loves us. He's compassionate. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. And so understand, don't let fear pull you away from the actual source that is your protector. Right? Psalm 121 is my favorite. It says, God who watches over you. Don't let fear pull you away from the God who actually is called to protect you. So now I wanna read on to Jeremiah 43, one through five. When Jeremiah had finished telling the people all the words of the Lord their God, everything the Lord had sent him to tell them. Azariah, son of Hoshea, and Johanan, son of Kerah, and all the arrogant men said to Jeremiah, You are lying. The Lord our God has not sent you to say, You must not go to Egypt to settle there. But Barak, son of Nera, is inciting you against us to hand us over to the Babylonians so that they may kill us or carry us into exile to Babylon. So Johanan, son of Kerah, and all the army officers and all the people disobeyed the Lord's command to stay in the land of Judah. Instead, Johanan, son of Cariah, and all the army officials led away all the remnant of Judah who had come back to live in the land of Judah from all the nations where they had been scattered. And skipping over to verse 7, so they entered Egypt in disobedience to the Lord and went as far as Taffens. So here we already see God already gave Jeremiah the word, right? The word of God, right? The enemy will always come with another lie saying, no, that's not God. That can't be God. Right? So we have to be very careful with whatever God has spoken. We need to stand firm in faith. right? Going back to Proverbs 3, not trusting in our own understanding, but trusting in God, leaning on Him. Maybe God's asked you to let go of a job, but you're thinking there's no way I'm going to make money. Right? Trust God. I mean, there was a time where God had to ask Michael and I to let go of our jobs, right? to go into ministry, to go into business. And guess what? Now we're actually making more than what we would have made if we stayed in our jobs. Right? We wouldn't be where we're at. And so we need to trust God and not listen to the false prophet, which could be the enemy in our case, right? God could also use a real person to speak lies to you, but understand that it all roots to the enemy. And so whenever God speaks a word, be ready for the lies of the enemy, but be ready to cut them out, right? Be ready, stand firm in faith, because unfortunately, the enemy used these false prophets to stir up, right, their fears because they already had fears that they're going to die. They're like, no, you just want us to die. But they forgot to remember that god is for them they forgot to remember that god is trustworthy and so let us not be like the israelites in this moment that turned away and disobeyed god out of fear let us be the ones that will stand firm in what god has spoken right for some of you guys i feel like you're even contemplating sin you know when you already clearly know what the bible says don't go the way of sin you know that sin only leads to death And even though you may have temptations or maybe the enemy's like watering down, you know, what this path will go towards, understand that sin will always lead to death. Don't tolerate sexual immorality. Don't tolerate lying. Don't tolerate, you know, just trying to make money, but doing things, you know, secretly. Like scriptures already says, like you're not gonna be rich when you try to gain money secretively, right? Just honestly and hastily. Let's continue to live by the word of God and stand firm in what God says. And I do want to point out, going all the way to the beginning of Genesis 3, we already see the character of the enemy, right? Going back to how Adam and Eve fell, it started with the enemy planting a doubt into Eve's mind, right? Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent, who is the enemy, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? Guys, the enemy knew that God said, do not eat from that tree, but he planted doubt in Eve's mind. And so understand that the enemy will still do that to us today, he'll plant doubts. But when those doubts come, we have to be quick to take them captive. Don't entertain it, right? Don't play with fire because you'll get burned. We have the shield of salvation, right? We have the shield of faith, sorry, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith. Let's put up the armor of God and continue to stand firm and walk victoriously because God has mighty plans for every single person that is listening to this, right? God has mighty plans. The enemy doesn't know God's plans for your life, but he does know what's not God's plan. And he will try to tempt you to go towards things that are not of God. But you have the choice today to walk in God's plan. And even though it seems scary, guys, trust me and trust the word of God as well. Take that step of faith. Faith will never fail you. God will never fail you. I love Hebrews 11:11. 11, 11, even Sarah and Abraham. We know that God promised Sarah and Abraham that they would be able to have, you know, a child that will give them an inheritance of generations to come. But Abraham and Sarah were past childbearing ages. They were old, yet they still, you know, unfortunately, they didn't trust God in the beginning, but they eventually, you know, had to put their trust in God and God came through. Hebrews 11:11 says, and by faith, even Sarah who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. Guys, we can't use common sense. God is a miraculous God. He is the God of the universe. He's the God that made the earth. He's the God that made the ability for women to give birth to babies. Like We have a God of miracles, a God of the Almighty that can, who can do wonders. So when God tells us to do something that doesn't make sense, Let's not use common sense to talk God out because God can do miracles. We, it's time that we put our trust in who God really is and ask the Lord, if you're struggling with trusting God, say, God, give me your perspective. God, help me to see how you see. Holy Spirit, take me to the right scriptures. Like really ask God, ask God to help you. Right, we're called to lean on God, to abide in him. And it looks like coming to him, but coming to him in faith and believing that he will speak and he will guide us. So I want to end with Deuteronomy seven nine. It says, "Know therefore that the Lord your God is God; He is a faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commandments." Guys, like God is faithful, not just to Israel. Even now, a thousand years later, we are here today, and God is still faithful to those who love Him and obey his commandments. Jesus died for all, but just because he died doesn't mean that now we're covered by his blood. We have to actually obey him and die to ourselves and live in Christ so that his blood is applied to us, so that we experience his best. So let us be the ones who will stand firm to do God's will, to stand firm and believe what God has spoken, right? Let's believe because God wants to show you. He wants to show off in your life, but we have to be willing, right? For those who are struggling even in You know, finding your spouse, trust God that he knows. If you have a desire to be with someone, he knows exactly who you need to be with. Don't give in to distraction. Don't give in to doubt. If God says that's not the one, trust him. If God says that's the one, trust him, right? We need to take time to be with God and to trust him, right? To get in the word, to renew our strength. So I want to pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you so much, God, for every single listener. I pray, Lord, for every person right now, God, that you would renew their heart, God, with strength, that you would give them a greater measure of faith to believe in the impossible, God, to hold on to those promises that you have spoken long ago, God, because you are faithful, God, and you long to show yourself through our lives. So God, help us to be submissive vessels that would just say yes to you, God, that would just submit and yield and trust despite what we see, despite what our circumstances are happening, that we would continue to declare your word because you are faithful, God. We declare that right now. You are faithful, God. I just feel like even those that are listening declare that, God, you are faithful. So I thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just fill every single listener with your peace, that you would guard them with your peace, that whenever they are anxious, they would turn to you. For you say, God, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer, with thanksgiving and supplication, bringing our request to you. Help us, God, to be people that would just come to you when we are afraid and that we would leave feeling emboldened and full of faith. So I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I pray that you guys have been blessed by this message. And if you guys have, please also don't forget to write a review if you're listening on the Apple podcast. This helps us to get more listeners in. So write a review and share how this podcast has helped you. Um, you're also welcome if you have prayer requests to email us. We want to be praying with you and for you. You can email us at info at And please also prayfully consider giving towards our ministry. Guys, we need all the help with finances in order to continue producing these videos, these podcasts. We are also wanting to create resources now to help people to study the Bible, to understand the Word. So all of this requires a team. It requires finances. And so you get to be a part of what God is doing, of helping us with our mission of helping others find God real in everyday life. So you can give at livingrevelations.com slash donations any amount would be such a blessing to us so god bless you all and i'll talk to you guys next time
1: gen z is the least religious generation followed by millennials more than ever does this generation need a revelation of jesus and those who are currently believers need to be equipped with the word of god in their daily lives Our mission at Living Revelations is to help others find God real in everyday life through blogs, podcasts, media, online Bible studies, and conferences. Every single day we are impacting lives. We are committed to planting seeds in the hearts of the next generation. Just as planting a seed helps a plant grow. We are planting seeds worldwide to help people grow in the Lord. We want to help others stay rooted in Jesus so their lives would bear fruit for others to taste and see His goodness. Here are some of the seeds we've planted around the world. Hi, my name is Taylor. My name is Clara. Hi, I'm Kathy. My name is Iridium.
0: Revelations relations have a seed in my life. By just being a community. By first being a community that's kind of just all over the world.
1: Getting to be surrounded by such a community
0: with like people who are such a the Lord. The Lord really
1: put me into a place of faith and showing me what it really means to serve Him. I have been so blessed to get so close to a couple of the girls that are in the community. I grew up in the church but I wasn't really Living my life the way I am now for the Lord, I'm just so thankful that we're all able to pray together, worship together, read the Word together, study together.
0: Living Revelation has also helped me to zone into the calling that God has over my life. I'm very much planted, and I I feel God really just um, bringing me to different uh, levels in my life. I hope that you can
1: all also feel like the same kind of uh, blessing and help through a Living Revelations or even through Gabby. So. Thank you so much. We have seen the greatest transformation in the girls we disciple through our online Bible studies. Our online Bible study is a place where we dive deep into the Word, learn how to grow our relationship with God, and build community. We have had over 140 girls from over 9 countries be a part of our online Bible studies. Our podcasts have had over 16,000 downloads. Our social media posts are reaching 120,000 people weekly. Our blogs, too, have reached around 17,000 people, hitting almost every continent in the world. We are looking to raise $30,000 this coming year to produce study guides to help others study the Bible to build a team to produce more media and to expand our online Bible studies and conferences. Our goal is to transform lives to love Jesus. You can give and partner with us today at livingrevelations.com slash donations.
0: Thanks for tuning I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and are blessed. Check out our blogs at livingrevelations.com and follow Living Revelations on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast to others if you've been blessed. See you all in the next podcast.